overwhelmingly what we heard was we're coping as best we can we know the world's going to change what do we do to prepare for that change this is in the know with acct the voice of community college leaders i'm jacob bray on this episode of In the Know, ACCT's Director of Strategic Communications, David Connor, and I spoke with Hester Tinty Kane, Senior Marketing Director at Cengage, and Jeff Seaman, Director of Bayview Analytics, about the Digital Learning Pulse Survey, student, faculty, and administrator perspective on digital learning in the community college. Bayview Analytics conducted the survey of higher education students, faculty, and administrators between October 20 and November 8, 2021, in partnership with leading community college organizations. This project is underwritten by Cengage. Hester and Jeff, thank you so much for being with us today. We're really excited to discuss the um, Digital Pulse Learning Survey. This is a project that um, we are very happy to partner with you on, along with other partners. So could you just start out by um, talking a little bit about what the survey is and why you wanted to do it in the community college sector? Sure, I think I can jump in and start and then I'll pass the mic over to you, Jeff, to talk a little bit more about it. So um, we at Cengage, um, when in spring of 2020, when the pandemic hit, um, thought, how can we help? Uh, what is it that we can do to you know, bring some information, some intelligence um, to our target audience? Um, and we work with more community colleges than any other type of nonprofit institution across the country. So community colleges were really key. So we started this project in spring of 2020. Um, this was first broad, just national, um, and it went to faculty and administrators. And then starting in um, spring of 2021, we brought in the student voice. This was still national. So students, faculty, and administrators. And then in fall of 2021, we started working with ACCT and we started working with Achieving the Dream and we started working with Phi Theta Kappa and other organizations. And we really brought this work down to that community college level in particular. So we really wanted to show the focus on what was happening with community college students, faculty, and administrators when it came to digital teaching and learning across the country. So that's sort of the broad view and how it came together and how it came together with the partners. And I can just say like a couple of the goals that we had to kick off the project in general was to really understand the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on the two-year institutions and to really understand what sort of changes we could expect to continue in the future. So with that said, I will pass it over to our research partner from the very beginning, Bayview Analytics. And Jeff Seaman and I have known each other for over a decade now. When I had to turn to a research partner um, to, to help support this work at Cengage, Bayview Analytics and Jeff Seaman were top of mind. And so we've been working together on this now for a few years. Uh, thank you, Hester. And this has been a really interesting project. It's, uh, uh, our company has been doing surveying in higher ed in particular since 2004. And every year, multiple surveys of faculty, staff, and admin on all different topics for all different clients. 
And coming into a pandemic, the world changed more than we'd seen. You know, in six months, there was more changes involved in attitudes, beliefs, practices than we'd seen in the previous 15 years. And all of a sudden, all of the things we've been asking no longer made sense. The questions no longer work, the pieces didn't. And early on, and there was a huge degree of just, of, it, I don't want to call it panic because it wasn't panic, but it was a great deal of the faculty and administrators saying, the world is changing, how are we going to get through? What do we do? Because it's all new ground. And so the, our very first um, digital pulse survey, the overwhelmingly what we heard was, we're coping as best we can. We know the world's going to change. What do we do to prepare for that change? And then the next time through was almost a big relief because it was again the faculty and the admin saying, we spent the last, and this was four months later, saying we spent the last four months prepping, and this was in August, for what we're going to do this fall, and we think we've done it. And we heard, um, because one, we've been surveying faculties since forever, and for the first time, they were telling us overwhelmingly that there was only a very small percentage of them who said, I didn't have the prep I needed, as opposed to the previous world, which was, I need more professional development, I need more resources for my institution. Um, both the faculty and the admin said, we've been faced with this massive challenge, and we think we're, we're, we're moving forward with a degree of of uncertainty, but no longer this level, huge level of control. And so it has been amazingly interesting to track this evolution on the part of the faculty and, and the admin, and then more importantly, then to add that fact to the student voice. Uh, and I'll say, um, you know, as ACCT represents the nation's community college boards, uh, we were really interested in working with you on the survey because we thought it was important to collect and um, we love the way that you're juxtaposing those different perspectives and sort of bring them up to, you know, a very uh, high level to show boards uh, what is going on across the community college sector nationwide because we've all been through this now for a couple of years and, you know, working with the sector for a long time, we were hearing from a lot of partners like you, um, members of our corporate council, that community colleges need to catch up um, with online learning. And then, as everybody knows, uh, community colleges were forced to catch up with online learning through the pandemic. And this is fascinating to capture the information in real time. And it should be used, ideally, by boards to kind of, in consideration, as they're guiding their colleges and they're asking their CEOs the questions that should be asked. So um, just kind of getting right into it. Um, I guess overall, what 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 stands out to you the most from um, the most recent survey about the return to in-person classes? And what would you anticipate in the next survey? Um, Jeff, I'm I'm, I'm going to jump in on this because one of the things that I think was exciting, and I know you've got some something to add to this, but, you know, the very first question um, that we presented at the conference was, you know, how well is it working? 
Um, and, and we were able to compare the responses from the two-year students to the responses from the four-year students. And um, the results were just about identical, right? And that the majority of students are saying, um, it's working pretty well for us. So um, I thought maybe we would jump into that first. Yeah, I was gonna hit on exactly the same issue, which is the, we heard from students and faculty about how difficult it was to cope for so many things about going, trying to go to school during the pandemic. Um, but the overall coming out of that is we're coping and we're doing it well. Faculty think that students are doing well. Students think their courses are meeting their needs, um, that there is a, there's a subset for whom there are problems. Um, we, what we really don't know is how big that subset is compared to what it was pre-pandemic, but we do know that overwhelmingly, students tell us that the system is still working, that for all the changes, they are giving their, their education reasonably high marks. And those, in, and you know, we've been looking at the issues and obviously the two-year schools have had, community colleges have had the, the greatest pressure on them and the, the most worrying about changes in enrollment and pieces. And we've seen a lot of that in terms of the news. But when you look at, and the students and the faculty and the admin at those institutions, are they feeling greater pressure? Are they feeling if you're not working as well? And the answer is no. The, the, the students at two-year institutions are as pleased and as think their education is as effective as are the students at other institutions. And that it's a majority of them who are giving, and giving high marks, not just it's getting by, but getting high marks to how well it's working. Yeah, so I mean, looking looking at these numbers, it looks like, you know, largely both students and faculty are pretty happy with how things are working. Um, what what do you think is is the one of the mo more important elements of student and faculty satisfaction of their course offerings? And, you know, for the for the students and faculty who weren't satisfied, what do you think can be offered to those individuals to improve their perception of how their online courses are working? Uh, they're two very different questions. But, Definitely. Uh, uh, let's start um, with the the second one, which is what's going to be what's different, or how what's going to be what can you do that will make a difference for those who are having the most problems. Um, and from the student perspective, there's one key theme that comes out over and over again, which is. I really think my faculty did a good job. I think I'm learning the material I learned. I am not having the interaction I used to have with my fellow students. I feel like I'm alone. And so by far, the number one thing we heard from students is do whatever you can to foster that sense of community and communication of student to student. They actually, students get extremely high marks to uh, video one-on-one -on -one conferences with faculty. They actually say it's better than I, than I used to have for my one-on-one -on -one in person, um, that they say the communication with their faculty members are, if, are as good now in an online environment as they were in a face-to-face, -face, but their communication and their sense of community with other students is a piece that has not been replicated in this new environment. 
and to, to, to go back then to the first part of that, which is, you know, why is this good and why do you, why are they doing that? Why do they think it's working and what, what are the aspects of it? Um, everybody was willing, students, faculty, and staff were willing to, to cut a bit of slack. Everybody knew they were in it together. It was a shared adversity. Um, we heard overwhelmingly in, in our work and in other work that's come out of sort of that people really understood that everyone was trying hard and that it was new for everyone. I will tell you that um, overwhelmingly faculty gave higher ratings for the level, the amount of and the level of professional development they had going through this than ever previously, that the institutions definitely stepped up and gave those support. And it's not just the how to do it support, it's also the technological infrastructure to support it, it's the pieces to get that out there, it's how do I get digital materials in, in the hands of my students, how do I replicate what I used to do that had to have a physical person talking to somebody or in the same room that we now can't do. And all of those things that um, there was an understanding that we're all trying to do this together and that it was evolving, that we, the student, in the same type of courses in fall gave much higher ratings than they had done the previous spring because both they were better at it and the faculty were better. So there, yeah, the survey um, asked about something that I find very interesting and we've discussed this um, away from this conversation. And I would like to bring attention to um, something you wrote an article about actually resulting from the, the, the survey's results. Um, Two-year students reported lower levels of well-being than faculty and administrators did. And the number one barrier for students that they identified was feelings of stress. So this stands out to me for a couple of different reasons. The first one, um, slight tangent from the survey specifically, but, uh, ACCT has partnered on prior research about students' mental health, and we found that um, in a very broad survey we did back in 2016, I believe, that about 50% of community college students reported that they had an unmet um, mental illness that needed to be um, diagnosed and treated, at, or treated anyway, and so that preceded the pandemic. Um, so then during the pandemic, obviously there are additional stressors and it again looks like about 50% are feeling stress. So um, there's that. And like I said, that's a little bit of a tangent, but I'm really interested in further um, probing into that component and also into, you know, whether it's within this survey or another one, the causes of, um, of stress and, and duress, because we know that these are major academic barriers. But also related to the survey specifically, I found it really interesting that 42% um, of students who engaged in hybrid learning reported feelings of stress compared with 47% who attended class in person and 50% who only took online classes. So do you think, um, that what's behind that? Is that just a fluke or do you think that making hybrid courses available actually hasn't positive impact on, on student stress levels? Um, I don't think we have the data to tell that yet. I mean, one, the 
those numbers are not that different. So there's some level you have to say, you know, they are, you know, the 42 to 50% on our sample size is statistical difference, statistically significant. But what we don't know is why are those students in a hybrid course versus why are those students in an online course? One of the things we found is that um, if I, as a student, picked, had the ability to pick the mode of delivery, I was more satisfied and felt less stress. Is it that we're seeing that there's a higher level of stress in those students who were in those online courses than the hybrid courses because they didn't have a choice? And they were in those courses because the whole school moved online and they had to cope with it as opposed to the other students. So we'd have to tease out that difference to say, we can't tell if the difference is due to the modality of the course or the mechanism by which those students got into that course to begin with. Um, uh, but I think it raises a real, one is, it, in some cases for some faculty members, it was actually very surprising that the level of stress in the in-person classes was on the same magnitude as the other as, as an online course or a hybrid course, that they're all, how similar they were is actually a counterintuitive for a lot of faculty who expected that those students in in-person classes would have far less levels of stress than the others, and that's not the case. Just to add yeah. to that, um, and sorry to interrupt you there, Jacob, but um, just to tell, so I am an adjunct instructor and um, one of the ways that my institution, which is not a community college, by the way, but I'm sure that this has happened at other institutions across the country. One of the ways that we were able to cope with um, returning to face-to-face -face classes was to actually de-densify the classrooms. So if I was teaching a Tuesday, Wednesday class, 50% of my students were online, the other 50% were in front of me, and then vice versa for Thursday. So um, these students did not choose that hybrid, we called it hybrid, delivery, right? And they probably would have like to have been face-to-face -face for both Tuesday and Thursday. Um, in fact, it would have been simpler um, in my own teaching practices uh, to be able to teach to either fully online or fully face-to-face. -face. It's a little challenging to try to toggle between the two. Um, so I just wanted to add that piece of personal experience on top of it. And it'd be interesting to hear from some of your listeners if they experience some of the same thing, same thing. And I think that there could be stress like I'm online, the other half of my class is face-to-face. -face. Am I missing something, right? Is there something that I'm missing out on um, and, and, and vice versa? And, and that might also go to what you're saying, Jeff, about you know, just simply wanting more time together, uh, wanting more time interacting with your peers. And if that was limited due to hybrid, which was caused by the de-densification strategy, that might all come together in that way. Yeah, and imagine it comes down to, you know, personal preference for students too. you know, like maybe some people just discovered they liked online classes more and they didn't, you know, they didn't really think about that as an option before. Um, I know we're running out of time, but I just want to quickly ask what it to both of you, what you what new questions you might like to ask in a follow up survey or what pieces of information you'd want to dive a little bit deeper into from this survey. Well, the good thing is that David can answer that question, too, because we're putting the survey out to our partners, including ACCT. What what else should we be looking into? What should we be diving deeper into? So um, I'm going to put that question to you to start with, David. 
Well, for for one thing, I would like to see kind of longitudinal data um, for comparison to see how things are shifting over time, because I think that 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 will give valuable insights into that there was an adjustment period for everybody. And as people are adjusting, I think that um, it'll be interesting to see the consistency or inconsistency of results. Um, as I've already mentioned, I'm very interested in um, learning more. And when I say I, I know our members are interested in learning more about any kinds of barriers for students. And that includes specifically mental um, health issues or including feelings of stress or depression, anxiety. So I think asking more questions about that, but um, future educational desires, how, how online learning is um, being adopted by students and just how they continue to grade it and rate their experiences. Because one thing that we haven't really talked about, but that is very true for community college students, I believe, is that they tend to have very busy lives. They're not living on campuses. They don't just roll out of bed and go to class and then go back to their dorm room, they're raising kids, they're doing all kinds of things. And so digital learning in whatever capacity can help them because of convenience, um, as long as they can access it, but also because some of some digital materials like the ones that Zengage makes are, they, they do more than just a textbook can do, right? And so they can make learning easier and more efficient. So I'd be interested in learning about all of that. <laughs> Um, how people's experiences are with, with this stuff. But Jeff, you're the researcher. So what do you think? Um, well, I'll follow on on some of that. I, I absolutely want to go more, uh, understand more of the time series and these kind of things and how they're changing. Um, as Jacob mentioned, there's a number of students out there who came who told us like, I had no idea I'd like this as much as I did. Um, and that there is a whole, we see faculty, admin and students much more optimistic about digital materials, much more optimistic about online. Overwhelmingly, a much greater proportion say they want the, the opportunity to take online and hybrid courses in the future than, and much more so than they did pre-pandemic. Um, and so I wanna understand if that's gonna still continue and when they have that kind of world going forward, if this is really something, is this flavored by their, what they're looking through right now in this environment and will it hold when they move forward. Um, and the same thing with those barriers. One we, what we saw is if you are working full time, if you have children, if you, all of those things you were just talking about that are typical for a community college student, more typical than for, you are much more likely to have a positive in, view of online, much more likely to say, I wanted more online education in my future, and also much more likely to give it high marks at the moment because it allowed you to do those other things in your life that you needed to do. And so I think we have a whole new cadre of students out there and institutions who now have a much better understanding of what those advantages are. They also have a much better understanding of what the barriers and the costs are to get it. But I think it's going to be a much more informed discussion going forward than it has been in the past. And just to jump in with a final thought in terms of on the Cengage side, what we're looking forward to learning more about is the fact that there is so much digital transformation happening right now. Um, and, and the digital transformation is happening to meet students where they are. And I'm hearing community college leaders say things like, we don't 
we shouldn't be asking students to be college ready. We as colleges should be student ready. So I love this idea of our institutions across the country, thinking about meeting students where they are, delivering them the kind of experiences, which in most part are digital learning experiences um, so that they can um, provide more access to students across the country. Uh, so I think that's, that's what I'm looking forward to learning more about. Um, when we, we see that students are asking for this option to take fully online classes, that they're asking for the option to use more digital learning materials and resources in their classes, how can institutions develop those strategic plans to meet those students where they are? Um, I think that's going to be really exciting to continue to dive into and to hear more stories about and to follow the ACC podcast and uh, hear more stories about. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of In the Know. I'll include a link to the survey results in the description of this episode. We'll see you next week.